that song we all know and love. Blau und Weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Lieben, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right folks, officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Let me start off by saying that, you know, thank you for tuning back into our show. As we all know, Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. We'll also pick out articles on the club and talk a little bit about them. Joining me on today's episode, Zach Franciosi. Welcome, Zach. Hey, how's it going, Richard? Going really well. How about you? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be on this podcast. This I is awesome. I, I, and, I, and we talked a little bit earlier, but uh, you adjusted to this time change, huh? Yeah, no, it's a nice little surprise to get a, an extra hour of sleep. I, I forgot that that was happening. Fall back, though. It's nice. Absolutely, yeah. And luckily, our phones do it automatically, change time, because otherwise, I'd be a mess. Yeah, my uh, my clock I still have to set in my apartment, but the phones, the phones take care of it for us. Great. <laughs> I love technology. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, so uh, tell Shaka Nation, uh, tell us about your fandom with Shaka a little bit. How's it um, and everything? This is an interesting story, I guess. Um, I would say I first kind of heard of Schalke when Raul became a player uh, for Schalke. He okay. was always one of my favorite players. I've always been a fan of the sport, but I didn't know much about Bundesliga or German clubs. I kind of only knew like the larger clubs. Um, and when Raul moved to Schalke, kind of put you know them on my radar, and then further. Um, the success of Jermaine Jones at the, the 2012 World Cup and his involvement with the team, I started getting very much interested in the team and learned about the great youth system and how there's so many amazing players that are, you know, world-class all over the world started at Schalke, which is both, you know, frustrating because, like, what if they were still at Schalke, but also kind of, yeah. you know, just it makes it feel a sense of team pride and, and just, like, you know, these boys came from from the youth academy or through the ranks of, of the Schalke team and, and are doing great things. Ah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Couldn't said it better. Um, so let's tell everybody uh, where you're from. Like, I, I, I don't know if people know this, but I'm based, in, uh, I'm based out of Washington, D.C. Uh, where, where are you based out of? I live in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I actually grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, though. Um, no, no I kidding. I high school in D.C., yeah. Um, and I, I you know, grew up there from all through high school. My family lives back in California now, but I've, I've been living in Brooklyn for the last about four years now. Okay. And how's the, uh, how's the soccer, uh, soccer there? Do you get to watch a lot of it? Do you get to go to NYCFC or who do you get to watch? I've, uh, I've been to a couple of NYCFC games. I haven't been out to Red Bull stadium. It's further out in New Jersey. It's a bit more of a, a drive out there. NYCFC is, is the Yankee stadium. So it's a little right. bit more accessible by the train. Um, and you know, I, I, there's parks that I go to all the time where there's like, you know, friendly adult leagues or even the kids leagues on like a Saturday morning. I'll just go to the stroll in the park and it's just nice to see people playing all the time. There you go. That's the way to do it. Anyway, we can get the action. We get it right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. On today's uh, podcast rundown, we're going to recap the Freiburg match. Uh, we're going to look at an ESPN article on Weston McKinney and his uh, Team USA aspirations, if you will. And then we're going to talk about the contract saga with Leon Goretzka. Um, and normally we make a prediction at the end of the end of the podcast, but since we got the international break here, we're gonna have, we're gonna skip that till next week. Um, so let's take it away. Uh, 
All right. Schalke come into this match on the on the back of a five-game unbeaten streak, including a 1-1 draw with Wolfsburg last week. A heartbreaking draw, if, if, if I might add. Um, the opponents, Freiburg, uh, they play very defensively, and they come in winning only once in the first 10 games. Schalke and Freiburg, they've met 22 times overall in all competitions, and there's only been one draw between them. This match will be played on the road for Schalke, playing in the Black Forest at Schwarzwald Stadion. Um, while the Freiburg and Blackfell Forest region of Germany is very beautiful, I've been lucky enough to visit. The home team is very stingy at home and give everyone a, a fight. Uh, Freiburg have won more games at home versus Schalke than any other club. On current form, Freiburg are unbeaten in nine games at home. Would that continue? Well, Schalke, you know, with Goretzka still out, Dominico Tedesco decided to use the uh, finally healthy Weston McKinney in the lineup. Schalke used the 3-5-2 formation to begin. You had Ralph Fairman in goal in defense, Benjamin Stambouli, Naldo, Tilo Carrer in midfield, Daniel Calagiri, Yevon Konoplyanka, Bastian Ochipka, Weston McKinney, and for, for attack, they had Franco Di Santo and Guido Bergstaller. Freiburg began the, began the match with a 3-4-3 formation. Noteworthy, noteworthy news, uh, Daniel Calagiri is actually facing his former team in this game. Where uh, It's where his career actually started, made 93 appearances, scored 11 goals. The match began rough for one person in particular, Freiburg manager Christian Strike. In only the second minute, he was taken out hard as a result of a Stambouli tackle on Yannick Haber on the sideline. The manager was out, uh, you know, clutching his shoulder. It seemed like he was in a lot of pain, but he remained on the bench throughout the game. The KG affair was seemingly one-sided in the beginning. Uh... 63% possession for Freiburg and three shots to just 37% and no shots for Schalke through the opening 20 minutes. Um, what did you see from that opening 20 minutes? That did, it, did you see? Were you worried that Freiburg was controlling the match so well? Yeah, I, I always um, get nervous when we don't start off games on the right foot because Schalke has a tendency to kind of cruise through things yeah. and kind of uh, on on like on the back burner, not not getting that attacking football that you know. We have such a strong, wide range of midfielders now. We should be able to control the pace more and and be able to pass and have possession. And so, yeah, seeing that, you know, like you said, Freiburg are a very tough team at home to play. Um, they got great support, and they play defensively. So, you know, they they did control the game, and that, that's just not like what I want to see. I want to see attack-minded <laughs> football. I kind of like the um, formation they've been using recently, kind of. It's like a three slash five at the back sometimes, or Chipka yep. comes back. Sometimes Caligari gets back, even though he's more of a winger. Um, but it gives us kind of flexibility and ability to transition well, which I like how Tedesco is, is shaping the team. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are talking about how they're, they're kind of unsure about you know the goals. We're not scoring many goals this season, but on the flip side, we're keeping a lot of clean sheets. So, I mean, it's, it's a game. Yeah, I think we have the second best defensive record, right? Only, well, yeah. only Byron has allowed Byron. fewer goals than us this, exactly. this season. So that's, that's something to be proud of. Um, sure. Wish we would score a couple more. Getting that second goal has been a struggle for us as we saw in the Wolfsburg game, as we saw in this game as well, but luckily we were able to uh, hold on. That's right. So yeah, after, you know, Tedesco could be you know, heard on the sidelines shouting at his team, you know, to tighten up, to play better. And that they did. In the 29th minute, uh, Di Santo made a perfect pass to a streaking Kono Playanka. Kono on a one-on-one with the keeper chipped a shot of the Freiburg keeper and we got his first goal. Oh no, it hit the goalpost. Um, just three minutes later, 
It was uh, Freiburg's turn when Mike Franz played a nice give-and-go and then let off a howitzer of a shot, brilliantly saved by Farman. The rebound, though, went right to Niels Peterson, who, off-balance, tried to chip it over Stambouli and Farman, only to be denied by the goal frame as well, to our luck. Um, the frantic action continued. Five minutes later, Bartos Kapuska saw a lovely curler denied by the crossbar. The the woodwork was definitely coming in the Schalke's aid. Um, uh, yeah, good ten out of ten in this match for sure. Great, uh, great performance by the woodwork. Yeah, absolutely, man of the match so far, right? <laughs> I mean, that was a frantic ten minutes. I mean, both teams really opened up in between the thirtieth and fortieth minutes, um, and we saw chances go both ways, and we saw three posts, which is pretty crazy for that short of a span. Absolutely, no, it's, it was wild and it was nerve wracking, but you know. It's good to see they kept their composure and, and we're playing with a bit more attacking football. That that Colonel Plianco, when he gets those one on one situations, he is he is class and yep. it's a shame that the woodwork uh denied him that time, but it's it's really exciting to see him to get up forward like that. The remainder of the first half was a little quieter than that ten minute stretch. Uh surprisingly the score went to half zero zero. Zach, I thought the first half was pretty entertaining considering the scoreline. Uh what did you make of the first half? Yeah, it was definitely, um, as we spoke, it was kind of a nerving uh, beginning, but that, that exciting spell uh, definitely got me on the edge of my seat. I was I was just watching the game at home, and uh, I definitely jumped up and down a couple times. My my friends who uh, were with me were like, why are you getting so excited? The score is still 0-0, <laughs> but it was a very entertaining half. I guess they're not big soccer fans? Eh, they don't know nearly as much as me about about Schalke and the team. They were kind of just hanging out in the morning as I was uh, I was getting ready to go see a film shortly after. But I was I delay I was going to see the movie at, at noon, but I pushed it back to one ten so I could finish the game. That's a fan right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <of> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, where was I? All right. So the second half started quickly for the home team, and in the 49th minute, nice passing led to Peterson on a one on one breaker with Farman. Farman came out, stood tall, making a huge save to keep the score level. Um, there's another breakdown of the defense. It, it, ha- it happens every now and then where they just get, I guess, maybe, I don't know if lazy, but they lose their, their focus. And when I saw his one-on-one with the keeper, I was a little worried there. Luckily, uh, Big Ralph came in and, and stoned, the, stoned the shooter. Yeah, I like, uh, I like Tedesco's decision to make Raleigh the captain. I think he has been a leader, and he is Schalke through and through. Um, and I think he's a very underrated keeper uh, for club and I mean, he doesn't get the chance he deserves on the national team. It's, it's always obviously Neuer, but, you know, second and third keepers, Leno and Ter Stegen, or I think Fairman deserves a shot on the club, especially with Neuer injured right now. I, I agree. Uh, he's a very underrated keeper. And I think he, I mean, I think he may not be, Top five, but I mean, he, he maybe he's top ten, maybe he's top fifteen. He's he's a very very good goalkeeper and very consistent. Um, yeah, absolutely, and he provides a lot of leadership, and you can see him communicating out there. I mean, obviously now those highly experienced center back, but we have someone like Tilo Kerr, who's a very young guy, and um, and Stambouli, who's you know really kind of come into the role as a, uh, as a third center back this season. Yeah. Um, but you know, you can tell that Fairman has a good control over his defenders, and he he communicates well to them. And and you know, sometimes that inexperience or lack of positional experience, like you said, that sometimes they slip up and let these through balls go. Um, but the communication is key if you want to stay solid at the back. And and we have, like I said, you know, we're second best defensive record in the in the, in the league this year, which is great. You know, and just as the game looked like it would, it would get a stalemate, zero zero, no goals. 
Um, in the 62nd minute, Guido Bergsaller took a pass from Bastian Ochipka and then passed the ball wide to Daniel Caligiri. After receiving the ball, Caligiri took one touch and... Caligiri scores. The shot was deflected off Freiburg defender Christian Ginter, and nothing the keeper could do about that. Just like that, it was one nothing. Oh man, he he loves ripping it. I love Caligiri shots. I mean, obviously we got lucky with the deflection here, um, but Schalke and they they kind of have been making their own luck this season, just keeping at it, um, creating a lot of chances and. Things are, you know, it's lucky when they fall like that. But it's great. And we wouldn't have had that opportunity if we hadn't kept pressing. Uh, Daniel Caligiri, he refused to celebrate the goal because it is his, out of respect of his former team. Um, that was Caligiri's first Bundesliga goal of the season and his first goal since April of last season against Wolfsburg. Um, yeah, it's good to see him on the score sheet. It's, um, I'm, I'm fine with players, you know, showing respect for their former clubs and not celebrating. I was just happy that they scored a goal. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It was it was it was beginning to look like a draw, and I really wanted a, a win here. You know, dropping dropping two points last week with the late equalizer against Wolfsburg was definitely a heartbreaker. We could have been in third, but now here we sit with a lead and uh, going into the, the new week, the international break. We're we're sitting pretty in the Champions League qualification spot. I agree. I know, and this is a good spot to be in. Um, Absolutely. That goal was a long time coming for Schalke as they had regained control of the game and were now edging possession 51% to 49% uh, for Freiburg. Schalke made their, f- their first substitution around the 65th minute when Amin Herrett came on for Yevon Konoplyanka. Um, their second substitution would come in the 79th minute when Brielle Embolo finally came in uh, for an injured Franco Di Santo. Hopefully he's not injured too seriously. Uh, he had a little limp. I don't know if you've noticed if you noticed that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you never want players to get injured. Um, DeSanto has been exceeding expectations. He's the kind of player who puts a lot of pressure on, on defenders. And although he hasn't been too successful on the score sheet, he uh, definitely adds a lot of kind of intangibles up front, which I didn't really expect from him this season. You know, previous seasons, he was always struggling to score. Um, he came to us, what, two seasons ago from Werder Bremen after a successful scoring campaign. Um but yeah, you know, I wish him, I wish him all the health, and hopefully that's uh, not too much of an injury there. Yeah, and you know, really, after Schalke had scored, they they, could, they started to take the game away from not only the crowd but also from from Freiburg uh, with their tight defensive work. Um, as the game, you know, went into stoppage time again, you know, we're getting worried because we saw what happened last week. Um, but Tedesco you know, trying to kill off the game, made a final substitution, uh, took out Bergstaller, subbed in Fabian Risi. Um, Schalke would ultimately get the win, one nothing, and end Freiburg's unbeaten run at home. Um, what did you make of the game? You know, again, I really like this this formation that allows the flexibility of the kind of wing back slash wingers. Ochipka is wonderful on the wings. Caligiuri provides creative play, and Konoplyanka and Harit as well are just very creative players, and I, and I really enjoy seeing when Schalke 
plays their best football, it's when they're creating a lot of good chances out of the midfield. Having Max Meyer sit uh, at a slightly further back position is definitely an interesting choice. I, I would have thought, you know, switching him and McKenney as McKenney is more of a holding midfielder and Meyer right. is more of an attack-minded player. But having him lay a little bit further back actually gives him a little bit more space to create and vision to see forward and make those incisive passes that he, he can do. He, so he's, he's been surprisingly good. Uh, you know, Tedesco made that little little niche of moving him back further in defense, like you said. And he seems to be thriving off of that position because he had been like quiet in games, but now he's all of a sudden he's he's being solid back there and he's helping out the defense and also the attack. So good for him. Bro. Yeah, it's great. And we just have like you know players that didn't start today or yesterday. Pardon me. Obviously, Goretzka's injured, but Bentaleb and Harit are some of our best players. And Mbolo is an exciting young talent that we haven't seen fully get back into things since his injury last season. Um, so I'm just really excited at the the kind of depth and rotation that Tedesco is experimenting with. And, you know, obviously we're not in any European leagues this summer or this season. Um, that helps. But it, it, it definitely helps. But it also, you know, usually that's where you're kind of forced to just how to rotate your lineup and, and Tedesco is doing so just kind of naturally within the flow of the season and he's finding success even with small lineup tweaks, which I, I really do enjoy seeing, you know, slightly different lineups here and there playing against different squads, knowing how to play the team mm-hmm. that you're playing against. And it's an intelligent, it's an intelligent style of managing and it's, it's exciting. It's impressive for a 31 year old. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, now those a couple of years older than him. It's crazy. Uh, it's ridiculous. He could almost be his father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what'd you make of Weston McKinney's performance? Uh, you know, he started today. Um, I thought he looked fairly solid. He had a couple of shaky moments, but overall, I liked, I liked the way he played. I think he can tell that the team trusts him. He's obviously still a very young guy and he's going to have moments where he's uncertain and, I like his, you know, aggressive, you know, engine style sort of play. He's one of the ones running the hardest end to end, box to box. Um, and you'll find him anywhere on the field. You know, a couple games back, he had a great opportunity for a heading goal. You know, he's always making big tackles. Yep. Um, I think with just a little more time, he'll he'll feel more comfortable when he receives the ball and won't feel as rushed to make a decision. Um, he's very good at kind of shielding the ball when he receives it and uh, just kind of figuring out what to do next. But I think playing with players who are creative like Goretzka and Bentaleb and Meyer, he's going to be able to gain that confidence to make that first good touch and, and look up and, and see options as he receives the ball exactly. and not always kind of shield and then decide, you know, what to do. So, you know, it's it's only going to go up from here, which is which is so exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you look at the game, uh, Schalke were pretty effective at creating scoring chances through long balls and through a – and through long shot situations, Freiburg, they blew several big opportunities in report, finishing as expected. Freiburg attempted to shoot from long distance and attacked on the left side, which they did. Uh, Schalke countered by playing with width. Uh, most of their opportunities came from, including their lone goal, came from attacking down the right side. Daniel Calagiri was the highest rated Schalke player in the match. And overall, um, Zach, I thought Farriman was probably man of the match for me with all the key saves. Uh, Tilo Kerrer, I thought, was also very impressive. Who do you think was the man of the match? I would say Fairman. Um, he had big saves that kept us in it. And uh, again, his ability to kind of communicate with the back line and just ensure that things are held solid, especially after we took that uh, that lead. Um, yeah. You can just see his presence uh, as a leader out there on the field. 
and I think he is a deserved captain. I agree. I agree. Uh, that win, plus Bayern's winning the Der Klassiker, sees the Royal Blues level on points and tied for third with our rural rivals, two points behind Leipzig and six points behind Bayern. Currently, Schalke sit in the Champions League spot, and everyone is in love with how the team is progressing. We have still a long way to go, uh, but so far, so good with the the big derby coming up a few weeks away, huh? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a confidence booster moving into the international break, and uh, I think with the form that Dorman has been on and the form we have been on, we have a great shot at this uh, at the upcoming Riviera. Is it Riviera Derby? How do you pronounce it? That's pretty good, Riviera Derby. Derby. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for this game. Um, and, you know, obviously we can talk about Americans playing each other in the Bundesliga. I think that's going to be a big talking point. Um, uh-huh. You know, I obviously want to see Pulisic uh, thrive because he's an American, but if he could just be on any other team but Dortmund, you know, <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's so I frustrating agree. to see him in the black and yellow. I feel but like I, I get it. I think. For him, you know? Gorman's got a lot of growing popularity as kind of like this alternative club to support for Americans, especially with Pulisic on there now. Um, you know, Royce was on the cover of FIFA last year, so that brought a lot of people's attention after like what five to six years of Messi being on the cover yeah. to see uh, to see someone from Dorman on the cover it was frustrating. But I know I'll, I'll take any attention to the league I can get. I think yep. it's um, Bundesliga has like some of the best social media and availability to like watch and review highlights. Amazing. Yeah. You know, get to know the players content and it's really growing in the U S and I, and I see that my friends are getting more interested just because I am now too. And it's, it's, it's wonderful to see. You know, and you're right. And not only do they have, you know, stuff that you can watch highlights and stuff. Uh, Bundesliga has a, a great English site. Um, the twi- you know, all sports, oh, all European football clubs should, or football leagues should look at Bundesliga, how they do it. I mean, even the, even the Twitter, Twitter and, and all the social media guy, uh, pages for these teams, they interact with the fans both in English and every language. And it's good to see because they're making, they're making everyone feel like they're welcome, which is great. It's absolutely the best. Like, I think they, they, like, across all European soccer and also like American sports leagues, I literally don't see, a better handling of like social media and content than the Bundesliga. Yep. We're talking highlights. We're talking player interviews. We're talking, you know, a couple of years ago they did the Bun Ducks League, just a, a a a rubber ducky race. Like it's just silly <laughs> fun content, and they just have fun with it, and they get people excited and interested in the sport. And they it's very accessible now. You know, obviously the Premier League's on NBC Sports, Fox Sports, and soccer does a great job covering the Bundesliga and the European leagues. So. It's just, you know, the overall growth is, is is tremendous. Well, Schalke fans, what did you make of the match against Freiburg? Tell us at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter and let us know. All right, we're going to transition now to someone who we're, both of us have been following along, not only because he's a Schalke player, but because he's an American, uh, Weston McKinney. Uh, he hails from Elm Falls, Texas, if I believe I'm correct. Um, it's funny. He the other day he someone was interviewing him. I think it was Sky Sports uh, Bundesliga, and they were saying uh, his mother keeps him grounded and humble. Uh, he also said that you know if he ever starts acting like a star, his mother's going to put him in his place and give him a bust up in the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I saw this article on ESPN, and I don't know if you saw it. Uh, and I'll read a little bit of, a little bit from it. It's basically you know Wes McKinney. You know he's eyeing a senior call up to the 
for the U.S. for the Portugal game coming up, the friendly. Um, so it says, you know, Schalke midfielder Weston McKinney, 19, is playing his first Bundesliga season after a year in the youth academy and is featured in seven leagues, seven league games so far. Uh, following his club breakthrough, he told Kicker, I hope that, you know, I will be considered for the test against Portugal on November 14th. I'd be very happy about this. After failing to qualify for the World Cup, there is a chance to reset a few things. Maybe I can profit from that, even though I'm very sad that my country won't take part in the tournament in Russia. Um, another person, you, know, you mentioned about Christian Pulisic. There's also Matt Miazga. Um, there's, uh, what's it, the Caleb, Caleb, oh, what's his name? Uh, Caleb Stanko for Freiburg. He's another American in the Bundesliga. Um, a lot of young guys, a lot of promising guys coming out of the U.S. And hopefully McKenney can get his chance to to play for the team because I think he'd be a good addition because I think the midfield is something they struggle with right now. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. There's kind of this uh, lack, this kind of gap in terms of like generations of, of players. We have like, you know, people like uh, Jermaine Jones, who's definitely kind of way past his prime and too old to succeed at a high level, even though he played well. In the in the last couple of cups and in international tournaments, um, and you know Dempsey has kind of lost that step. Bradley's also kind of you know on the back end of his career, um, and so we kind of need this this young talent to kind of come up, especially having not qualified for the World Cup, which is a heartbreaking. I watched that Trinidad and Tobago game and many of the other qualifiers. Yeah. Super frustrating, um, but at least we won't give Russia our tourism dollar. <laughs> well, um, the uh, the U.S. under twenty team, they are actually pretty good. They're filled with talent, so much talent. There's also Joshua Perez who plays over in Italy. There's so many good young players. Um, should McKinney receive a call up, he would be reunited with his friend Christian Pulisic, who we've been talking about, who plays for Schalke's local rival Borussia Dortmund. Um, McKinney was asked, and, and he he was quoted as saying, "He was my first buddy on the junior national team. That our paths crossed that way in German professional football is a wonderful thing. We often see each other." Um, Obviously, there's a nice little friendly rivalry with those two guys, but uh, it, those two are key if the U.S. is going to, you know, get back to the World Cup, you know, and, and other tournaments and, and later on, huh? Absolutely, yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's definitely a change, changing of the guard type of thing. We're going to have a new coach coming in. We have a fresh crop of players that are, you know, excited to prove themselves in a time where the the rest of the team kind of didn't prove themselves worthy of qualifying for the World Cup. So. You know, hopefully we get a lot of experimentation in the squad. You know, Bruce Arena was kind of brought in to do damage control and to ensure qualification, and it just wasn't quite enough. No. We, we had lost some important games already under um, Klinsman, and, uh, you know, we did pretty well that game. The Bradley goal against Mexico, how fantastic was that? Oh, yeah, um, beautiful. Anytime, but, anytime you score against Mexico, it's beautiful. Oh, but, you know, we still we drew that game, so... You know, similar problems to Schalke sometimes. Can't can't get that extra, that one little extra goal or hold on to that lead or whatever it might be. So hopefully things are going to change up. I think, you know, a lot of the best players for the American team, John Brooks, uh, Fabian Johnson, these guys all practice their craft in the Bundesliga. And Bobby so, Wood too, Bobby Wood too, yeah. Yeah, Bobby Wood. You know, he came up through Union Berlin and then he's, what is he on? Uh, HSV? Yeah. Hamburg, yeah, yeah. Hamburg, Um, Yeah, so it's just really exciting to see all these Americans. And and I think it also, you know, people start paying attention to these players and they're like, really, an American? Like, 
it's it's kind of funny, you know. Big clubs always used to like want to have like one Brazilian to be creative, yeah. <laughs> and now it's like these German teams all have like one American, yep. these hardworking players who who have everything to prove, and and they're doing really well. I wonder if that's you know, them playing the Bundesliga is more of a, a result of Klinsmann being the you know the manager for so many years, or just the way it is. You know, German is a fairly similar language to American, in both that it's a Germanic language, but um. What, what, what do you think is the what do you think is the re- result for all the players keep going to Germany? It's a good question, and I couldn't you know nail down the root of things. I know a lot of these players, and you know Bruce Arena took issue with this back when he was coach before Klinsmann. Um, kind of these half German, half American players who were born in Germany but to American parents who were serving in the military. Military, yeah, yeah. It was definitely a contingent that kind of came from that, but I think. Um, once you kind of start seeing players succeed in a league or in a country, you're kind of drawn to it too. And you're like, Oh, I can, I could do this too. Um, and it's definitely um, a bummer that uh, what's the striker's name? Jordan Morris. He was going to, he was with the Hoffenheim training team, right? I think yep. it was. Yeah. It's a bummer that he didn't as well. Um, you know, I, I hope for the best for him. He's a very fast, very strong striker. Um, and I think he would serve himself best playing at a higher level in the MLS. Um, but it's also hard to not want the MLS to have great players too, because that's another way for talent to grow um, and for the excitement for the sport to grow in our country is through our, you know, our national league, uh, the MLS. So exactly, um, exactly. Well, I know the two of us certainly want Weston McKinney to make the U.S. national team. Uh, Shaka fans, what do you think? Do you want to see McKinney on the national team? Do you want not to risk injury and stay stay with Shaka only? Let us know at Twitter at SO4 underscore podcast. All right. Uh, we're going to shift over now to Leon Goretzka and the contract saga with him. Over the summer, yeah, yeah. yeah. Byron came, you know, Byron came in hard at Goretzka over the summer. Um, and they're all going to come, they're going to come for him again. No, no doubt about that. They have um, such a crowded midfield. It's unbelievable that they would, there's it, too many midfielders at Bayern right now. They're buying, just buying the talent out from the other teams in the league. That's why they've been dominant for so many years. They buy, they don't earn, but whatever. Yeah, I'm with you on there. <laughs> well, also, you know, several other clubs outside of Germany have now, you know, said that they want to go after Goretzka. You had Arsenal, Liverpool, and as we found out recently, Barcelona. Um, and it's said that Goretzka has even said that he would love to play for Barcelona. Now, what's... that'd be quite a quite a jump. And you know, obviously, we have someone like Rakitic, who was a Schalke boy, and now he's succeeded. Yeah. And he scored the game winning goal in the Champions League final a couple seasons back. And so maybe that's something he sees as a path for him. I, I really don't think that Leon will want to go to Bayern because I think he knows Bayern too well. He knows how the midfield works. He knows that. He's not going to get as much playing time when he has that crowded space. If he goes to a foreign league, it'll be a big change, yep. but it also might be an exciting opportunity for him. But it's just a real shame. You know, you think about all the players, like we lost Kolasinac last year, on a free to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I would hate to see them get two of our best players two years in a row. For free. On a free. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. If we continue the success and we qualify for Champions League, I really think that's, the best way to try to keep him. But we'll see how what happens in January transfer window. If people will try to approach him for the pre-contract saga. It's it's a tough one, man. 
Um, you know, what's Schalke take on Goretzka? Uh, Ralph Farman's come out and said that, you know, he would give up his captaincy to Goretzka should he, if you if, know, if he stayed. So, um, I know during the Wolfsburg match, there was a banner that was held up that said, Hey, Leon, this is your home. This is where you belong. Um, they asked Christian Heidel, uh, who's, you know, who everyone knows, uh, how he feels. And Heidel came out and said, we're not going to sell him in January. Uh, we have no intention of doing that. Just like the supporters, Heidel has refused to believe that Goretzka will leave. Uh, Schalke managing director also refused to concede the, that Royal Blue's talisman is en route to an exit. Um, he was quoted as saying, we don't want to put Leon under any kind of pressure. We're only trying to win him over, uh, declared Heidel on a Deutschland uh, Sky Sports talk show. We're doing everything we possibly can in this instance. Um, according to worldsoccer.com, Schalke certainly are ready to dig deep to facil- facilitate a long-term deal with Goretzka. Not only are they prepared to, you know, to, to pull the horse in a buggy um, through his club's wage structures, they're trying to offer him 10 million euros a year, which is five times the average uh, pro salary there. Uh, the new terms of employment also in- include specific release clauses. The departure um, or the release clause would be automatically starting at 70 million euros. Um, I know part of Schalke's plan is to keep Goretzka uh, and pull on his heartstrings. You know, he was born and brought up in nearby, nearby Bochum, uh, where he began his pro career at the age of 17. He's a proud son of the rural, soil, uh, rural land, um, and as such, he could be uh, he could be swayed by the home sweet home you know scenario that we were, we were talking about a little earlier. Um, he is the vice captain on the team. He's responsible. He's intelligent. Uh, he clearly relishes uh, the status as leader uh, of the Schalke group. Um, and I, you know, what you said was absolutely true. If, if Schalke keep on this progression upward and they, and they get a Champions League spot next season, I think that can help keeping him here. I think he's just in a wait and, wait and see process and see how the team, how the project continues. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to imagine someone in his shoes. You're going to want to hear the offers no matter what, just because you would want to see options. You're going to want to, you know, be loyal to your club. I mean, I even saw, I think it was an Instagram post that Julian Draxler had commented, Leon must stay. Yep. Um, which is hilarious considering he jumped to Wolfsburg and then to PSG right away. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, Draxler's got to be pretty stoked right now having all these players come in and he gets to play with Neymar. But that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, being a local boy uh, definitely helps. And playing with these group of players that he can kind of take a big leadership role. I mean, you saw him in the Olympics. He was the captain for the the Olympic team until his injury. And then Meyer actually stepped in to captain the team, which was good. And I think he and Meyer are reaching a a great point in their careers playing together with Tedesco. And it's just kind of a new young group of guys in the midfield. And they can really, you know, it it depends on if he really wants to like help build something great again at Schalke, you know, Obviously, the loss of our former captain, Juvedes, was, was a big loss. Um, you know, he's injured, so he's not even playing for Juventus. It's frustrating to see that. Um, but Leon, you know, he – it's tough to know what where he's at, you know, mentally. Obviously, we can have all these interviews and quotes and things, but transfer sagas in football are, are you know, <laughs> they're they're almost like a, a telenovela. It's like exactly all this drama. <laughs> Well, you know, you brought up an excellent point because Max Meyer is another one who uh, whose contract expires this summer, and so it's interesting what he will do as well. I know both 
Goretzka and definitely Meyer were, were thinking about leaving the club in the summertime, uh, more so Meyer than, than Goretzka, but he seems to be doing, relishing this new position now. And hopefully both, you know, if the team keeps progressing, both of them will want to stay and help build something, like, like you said, build something building strong, bring them back. Cause it wasn't too long ago that Chaka was battling for the Bundesliga title every year. Now they're just, you're lucky if they make the Europa League. So. Yeah. I mean, what was it? 2012 Champions League round of 16, that game against Real Madrid. We won 4-3 in Madrid, but lost on the away goals in the, in the two game tie. Yeah. That was one of the most fantastic games I've ever seen. Um, Leroy and it's Sana, just like, Leroy I, Sané show. Yeah. The Leroy Sané goal. I mean, that got him all the attention in the world. Um, I think uh, Christian Fuchs scored a goal yeah. in that game, and uh, he went on to win the league the next year with, with Leicester, which is crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Think about that transition. Yeah, I'll go to Leicester, and I'll play in the Premier League. Oh, wait, I'll win it. Um, but, you know, Schalke definitely have – I think it's valued as, like, one of like the top 20 clubs in the world. It is, yes. Um, and we have one of the greatest fan bases across. And, like, these Facebook groups really exposed me to that. Um be able to communicate with people from all over the U.S. and in Germany and everywhere. Um, how much we love this club, and it's always been kind of a youth academy for big clubs, which is always frustrating. But if Goretzka and Meyer take on leadership roles with our coach Tedesco, I sure would like to keep a coach for two seasons at least, because it's been what like six seasons, six coaches, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something um, silly like that. But Tedesco. I think has an energy that we haven't seen in a while and he really wants to build around these young players. Um, he made it, they made interesting purchases over the summer. Uh, we haven't seen Insua play cause he's injured. Um, but you know, some of the other players and, and bringing in McKinney to the starting 11, what, like four or five times a season already is definitely a bold move for a young manager. And uh, it seems to be paying off right now. And I just want them to build and kind of grow as a club as a team. And, uh, you know, maybe Leon really wants to see that growth and build. And hopefully that's where his heart's at. Yeah, ho- hopefully. And you know, hopefully the team keeps progressing, doing well. Um, we'll. We'll get a really good idea of what the Schalke team's made up against um, Dortmund in, in the big derby because uh, – the the Bayern game was really an unfair unfair game to watch because they've been you know killing everybody this season, especially with uh, since Jupp Heynckes took over. Um, but you know, I'm curious, you know, Schalke fans, what are, what is your take on Leo Goretzka and this whole contract saga? Let us know on Twitter at so four pod, underscore podcast. Um, this is the moment in the in the podcast where usually we you know we talk about the next game and our predictions. Uh, with the international break here, Schalke is actually off until November 19th. That's when they'll play Hamburg. Um, so with that, I think we're going to wrap it up this week. Um, keep tuning in each week as we'll be bringing you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke and the Bundesliga for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss, send us a tweet at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. We'll have some more guests on in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. I'd like to thank Zach for joining us. Zach, if people want to give you a follow on Twitter, where can they reach you? Or where, wherever, wherever. Not, not only Twitter, but wherever. Um, I'm pretty much the same across most of my social media handles. I'm uh, at Kayak. That's with three Ys, so K A Y Y Y A K. On Instagram, Twitter, all those, all those fun networks, and you can find me in the uh, the Schalke fan group, making that's comments cool. and and sharing my thoughts. So, uh, Richard, I want to thank you, man, for having me on this. This has been a great conversation, and uh, I look forward to hearing more.
Yeah, no, thank you for joining me. It's always good to uh, have a have a guest on here instead of me yapping away and everyone wants to hear my voice talking alone, you know, so. <laughs> uh, once again, you know, I'm your host, Richard Carmen. You can find me on Twitter as well at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and I'll be with you soon. Tschüss.